Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Cedric, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with Icy, if you are indeed a returning visitor. If this is your first time in these parts, then welcome. I'm your host, Icy Sedgwick, and we're continuing with April's somewhat random theme of The King of the Mountain. And because we like to do things in a somewhat random fashion in these parts, we're going to look at a story this week, which involves neither a king nor a mountain. However, what we are looking at, which is something slightly different, is a version of the story in which the hero actually invented the legend himself. So we're going to have a look at the legend of Drake's Drum. Now, Drake's Drum was owned by Sir Francis Drake. You may have heard of him, captain of the Golden Hind. He was an explorer, a navigator and a privateer. In other words, a state-sponsored pirate. He was born in 1540 and he died in 1596. He was knighted in 1581 and he was second in command of the English fleet against the Spanish Armada. And it's his role in these battles is what most people know him for. Now, I did come across one story that a subscriber very kindly sent me the link to. And in it, it said that Francis Drake was also in league with the devil. And in order to build the English fleet, he went to the sea and he cut bits of wood into the sea. And then they became fully armoured warships. I think we can probably safely say we can take that story with a pinch of salt, but it does make quite a good tale. Anyway, so we've got Drake, we've got his warships, he's sailing all around the world, and in terms of the Spanish Armada, one of the legends is he was playing a game of bowls as the Spanish fleet approached, and rather than panicking, which is what I assume most people would probably do, Drake's response was to tell his friends not to worry and he even turned round and said, there's plenty of time to win this game and thrash the Spanish too. The British largely consider him to be a hero, but the Spanish nicknamed him El Drac or the Dragon, and obviously they do consider him to be a pirate. Now this is where the legend starts to come into force, and we get to Drake's drum itself. Obviously we need a little bit of background on who Sir Francis Drake is, just in case you're not familiar with him. And Drake's drum is basically a snare drum. And if you believe some legends, Drake took it with him when he circumnavigated the globe. And apparently, he said on his deathbed that if England were ever in danger, someone should beat the drum and he'd return to defend the nation's shores. And this is where it's quite a rare instance of the hero creating his own King in the Mountain story. Now, Victorian poets Alfred Noyes and Henry Newbolt both wrote poems about the legend, and Sir Charles Villiard Sanford later set Newbolt's poem to music. So obviously quite a lot of people quite taken with the idea of someone saying, ah, here is a thing, do something with the thing and I'll come back and defend you. It's a nice story, but there's always a however. There isn't actually any sort of real evidence that Drake actually took the drum on his travels. It does indeed date to the 16th century, but a number of drums were actually listed in his inventory. So you might ask, why this drum? And some people believe its beat is heard around the world because Drake took it everywhere with him. It may indeed have been on his ship, but whether he ever actually used it or not, there's really no way of knowing. But the legend actually starts with these words on his deathbed. And it was 
very, very straightforward. He instructed his family to take the drum to Buckland Abbey in Devon. And he was actually born somewhere near Tavistock, if memory serves. And the instructions seem simple enough. It boils down to, in case of emergency, beat the drum. But Susan Jackson actually thinks that Drake created the legend by accident. And he was incredibly ill in the few days before he died. So his family may have taken his somewhat delirious ravings seriously and then singled out this particular drum as something that suited what he'd been saying. His immediate descendants indeed put it in Buckland Abbey and it's been on display since the 18th century, but not quite. The drum on display is actually a replica and the original is in climate controlled storage elsewhere because as you can imagine, it's worth a fair bit. Now, back in the early 19th century, folklorist Robert Hunt interviewed an ex-housekeeper from Buckland and according to her, the way she understood it was that Drake would rise and have a revel if he heard the drum, which doesn't much sound like he'd be defending the nation. But here's the question. Has Drake's drum ever actually beaten, particularly of its own accord? Now, according to John Mount, it has. And in 1918, officers of the HMS Royal Oak heard a drum beating below decks on their battleship. Obviously, I wanted to know a bit more about this, so I went looking elsewhere. And in an excerpt from the Outlook, dated April 26, 1919, they They describe how the drumming was first heard after officers on board HMS Royal Oak saw the approaching German fleet. Obviously, you'd think, ooh, we're probably going to be a bit knackered here. The officers believed the Germans would attack. And the drumming actually continued while the British fleet closed around the German ships, which was not exactly the outcome anyone was expecting. However, nobody could actually find the mysterious drummer, and the drumming actually stopped altogether when the ship dropped anchor. So it was deemed, therefore, to somehow either be a herald of Drake's somewhat supernatural help from beyond the grave, or it was some kind of omen that there was going to be success there. It has apparently also been on four other occasions. So you had when the Mayflower left for America in 1620, Napoleon's capture, the outbreak of the First World War, and the Dunkirk evacuation in 1940. Now, bearing in mind what the legend is, and that it's if England needs aid beat the drum and Drake will come and help. I'm not massively sure why the Mayflower leaving would necessarily need Drake's presence and I can't help thinking that there are other things that have happened as well in this time that could also possibly have required his assistance but there are certainly no reports of a ghostly English fleet off our shores at any of these points in history. So much like King Arthur that we looked at last week, it's a nice idea maybe, but who knows. But obviously with folklore, you never just get one story. You're always getting a bonus one sort of clagged in on the side like a conservatory. And in this case, the additional ancient legend that accompanies the drum said that it had to remain in its rightful home or the city would fall, which is very, very similar to something like the Ravens in the Tower of London, despite the fact that they have occasionally actually left. So Buckland Abbey, where it was kept, was partially destroyed by fire in 1938 and the drum was then moved to Buckfast Abbey for safety. However, in the air raids of World War II, Plymouth was absolutely devastated. Obviously, is there a link between the two? Probably not, but people believed that there was. And according to Ursula Hill on the BBC website, after the raids, people suddenly remembered the prophecy that if the drum was moved, the city would fall. So the authorities took the drum back to Plymouth and there were no more air raids. It could also be coincidence, but there we go. Now, while I was researching this, I did discover that in 2018, 
there were proposals to move Drake's Drum from Buckland Abbey to Plymouth's newly redeveloped Museum of the Box, which is due to open in 2020. And a local resident actually started a petition to have the replica drum kept in the Abbey. And over 1,100 people signed the petition. As far, I can't work out yet, I, I can't find it anywhere, whether the drum's actually been moved or not. But lest we forget, this is indeed a replica that's on display there. So has anyone ever actually tried beating Drake's drum? Well, I can't actually find any mention of anyone trying it themselves. And I can't help thinking that beating the replica drum would possibly just annoy staff. But this is where the stories get a little bit muddled. So the legend claims that Drake will return to defend the nation if he hears his drum. And if you believe the stories, it's be on at least five occasions. And no Drake. So he either hasn't heard it or he thinks, nah, they've got this. They don't need me just yet. But wartime survivors recall the movement of the drum out of the Abbey, followed by Plymouth's destruction, and then the drum's return marked a period of relative safety for Plymouth. However, the drum was already moved when it went into storage, so as far as I know, Plymouth is fine. I'm not quite sure if it was the replica drum that was moved back and forward during the war, or if it was the original, but either way, at some point in time, the original drum has been moved out of Plymouth, and all is well. So it could well be that the legend of Drake's drum is pretty much the same as the stories of King Arthur. And they're basically, at their very heart, a form of insurance against the worst happening. And if all else fails and everything else goes wrong and all the channels that we were used to using now, if they all fail, it doesn't matter. We can recall these ancient heroes and restore the balance. Let's just focus on keeping the worst from happening, shall we? Hope you enjoyed that on Drake's drum. That's fascinated me for years and I can't remember where I first came across it. It may have been a visit to the Golden Hind when I was about 10 on a family holiday to Devon. That That's probably where I first came across it. And I thought we've, we've done a king under a castle. We've done a not quite king, well, a privateer off the shores of Britain rather than in a mountain. So next week we're going to focus on Bran the Blessed and have a look at his story, and then that will round off this theme of the King in the Mountain. Okay? So please feel free to head over to www.icysedgwick.com forward slash drake hyphen drum to see pictures and all that kind of jazz. Leave me a comment if you've heard this story before, if you believe it's true, or alternatively, if you know if the drum was ever actually moved out of Buckland Abbey or not, because I haven't been able to find anything about that. But that is basically the end of this week's show. I will see you next week. So until then, cheerio. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com. And that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead and I'll see you soon. Cheerio.